It's a DTS-194 and update. It's DTS-194, and the Go Fast update is pushing live this week. Plus, Sea of Thieves came out. We're going to share with you what we think. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny The Show. What is good, everybody, and welcome to the DTS Podcast. I am BBK Dragoon. I am joined, as always, by my great co-host, Diddy. How are you doing good, sir? How was your week? I'm doing great. It is 80, 90 degrees. Finally, summer is here. <laughs> and it's not even April. You still have ice um, storms. Come on, man. It's going to happen. Don't say summer's here, because the tornadoes and all that whack stuff is going to come your way. So what what is going to happen in true North Texas fashion is sometime in April and May, leading up to those days, it'll be nice and pleasant, and then it'll just drop, and then we'll have hailstorms for three weeks, and it'll be awful, and we're going to have to, you know, line queues for car insurance updates, and then it's, <laughs> it's just going to be awful, and then it's going to be 110 degrees. So uh, luckily this year, Sanic and I both have garages for our cars, so hopefully we're going to just remain safe for those upcoming hailstorms, but they will happen. If anybody does not know what he's talking about, okay, I've had family in and out around your place, Diddy, like out in your neck of the woods, all right? And the cars come back looking like golf balls, dude. The hail is <laughs> the size of rocks. And so it's just normal, like every year, for people to have like $7,000 worth of damage to their cars if they're not parked under stuff. It's like, it. I'm telling you, Diddy, I, I'm not that jealous of that part of the world <laughs> during that time of the year. Before Santa got her Subaru uh, last year or so, um, her previous car had hail damage two years in a row and literal like the back windshield was absolutely destroyed it was gone glass everywhere for two years in a row she's like okay f this car i need a new one and a garage <laughs> <laughs> i bet garages so, are high price there eh yeah that luckily the complex provides them of course at a cost but uh it's it was it was just the second hailstorm totaled the car Yep. And it was it was a 2013, mm. and it's like that car is three years old, two years old, and it's already totaled because of two hailstorms. That's ridiculous. That is super weird. So today we're going to be talking about some Destiny 2 information at the top of the show. The Go Fast patch is coming live this Tuesday. We have the end of the faction rally, which looks to be one of the closest ever so far. A bunch of other stuff coming with that patch. We're going to chat a little bit about a new job posting Bungie put on their website for a contract position to maybe give a bit of an olive branch out to the community. It definitely looks like a job geared more towards somebody who plays a lot or maybe a content creator we want to talk about sea of thieves a little bit monster hunter world top in the charts once again and then finally if we get the chance some anthem stuff but diddy i want to say a massive thank you to the listeners of dts yes. the reception on last week's show when we said we we're going to be talking about other investment games in addition to destiny was unreal and i guys thank you so much we had I can't think of any negative feedback across the board. We had one really nice email from a listener who's just saying, hey, I love the Destiny stuff. Be careful with this new direction. But then it ultimately turned into like an excitement for that new direction. So overall, man, I just 
I'm blown away and thank you guys so very much for giving us this chance, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a new exciting time for the DTS podcast. So thank you guys so much for your support and feedback. Format-wise, we're going to continue keeping the Destiny news at the start of the show. So if you're just here for that and you want to bounce afterwards, no worries. Some weeks, if there's a lot of Destiny information, that will be the majority of the show. Both Diddy and I do want to see Destiny come back to its former D1-era reception, like, but really... House of Wolves style, you know? House of Wolves was, I think, the peak uh, of, of just awesomeness. But yeah, we, we would like to see the the ball is in Bungie's court at this point for improving Destiny 2. Yeah, and in, instead of just sort of waiting along, driving through the negativity mud, stoked to talk about other things. So with all that said, what have you been playing this week, Diddy? So uh, I have a few dedicated gaming nights after work that I get to ignore the dogs and Sanic that she allows uh and in those days i've been playing iron sights it's this like it's this free to play fps in beta call of duty clone that's what you'll see if you look it up right now it plays really well uh for being in a beta it's got a really nice networking scheme dedicated servers yay uh but of course the more i play it the more i wish it was call of duty but it kind of scratches that itch a little bit but when sanic and i play games together we've been playing borderlands 2 a lot about 20 hours on the PC right now, and it is just, that game has so much content. It is crazy. And especially with all the DLC that's been released between like the yes. initial launch and now, it's straight overwhelming. So let me ask a couple of follow-up questions for you. How has the co-op experience been? I phrased that poorly. I'm sorry. And then following up, I take it you're definitely on the edge of your seat for some Borderlands 3 news, like me. Ooh, yes. So I'll answer your second question first. Yes, I'm very excited for some Borderlands 3 news. E3 in June, hopefully, we're going to get a reveal trailer or something like that. Um, that's going to be that's gonna be incredible because it's just uh, it's a great series, and I'm, I'm very happy to see where it goes. And then the co-op experience has been really great because she and I, uh, we like different weapons, <laughs> mm -hmm. so uh, whenever that weapon is dropped from a loot crate, she's like, "Oh, hey, there's a there's a hand cannon over here. You can come go come get it." And so I'm like, "Oh yeah," and I just run over and I'll pick it up. Hey, there's a there's a shotgun for you. And then she goes, "You got the shotgun." Um, she plays the siren. I play the uh, the necromancer, the one of the DLC characters, and we just have a ton of fun. <laughs> The amount the of replayability, time. man, in that game blows me away. I think I've started Borderlands 2 on, like, seven different occasions with, like, a bunch of different groups. And every time it tends to play out differently. And the weapon system is a huge, like, foundation of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a ton of variety as well. I mean, they... One of the marketing, if I remember correctly, back when Borderlands 2 came out, which was a long time ago now... Um, they had the number of how many weapon differences they could have, like combinations, that's the word. Yeah. And it was like in the millions or something, like 68 million weapon combinations. And it was, that is very true because it's just, it's, it's fantastic. How many things can just make you so excited in that moment? Mm -hmm. Also, uh, you know, they showed off the Borderlands 3 engine at GDC last year. GDC just yes. happened this previous mm -hmm. week, I think. So I am expecting a Borderlands 3 trailer at E3 this year. 
And man, wouldn't that be incredible if it launched like this year sometime in the holiday season? That would that would be a perfect crossover for a lot of Destiny players. And by the way, if you guys are Destiny players and you've not tried Borderlands, you can get Borderlands 2 for super very cheap. little. Super cheap. <laughs> and I actually, for the Xbox players, I think it might be on the backwards compatibility program at this point. And PC, it's always dirt cheap, even outside of the Steam sales, you know. Yeah, I was about to say I grabbed it and all the DLC in the most one of the most recent Steam sales over the last holiday season for under 20 bucks. That is a steal for the amount yeah. of content you get. It is great. Nice. Well, let's hop into the news. News! Starting with Destiny 2, Diddy, the numbers so far. It is Sunday when we record this program, but super close results for the faction rally. 83,000 packages for Future War Cult, 84,000 for the, the uh, Dead Orbit folks, just a little bit ahead. New Monarchy, pulling up the rear at 80,000, but this likely will be a Future War Cult or Dead Orbit victory this time around, which, all right, if you win, Diddy, I think you, you called Future War Cult, right? Well, I didn't call it. I preferred their sniper rifle as okay. the reward. I see. Uh, but looking at these numbers, obviously, I think I'm going to probably say Dead Orbit is going to happen this week. Most likely. Well, uh, update 114, the Go Fast patch, is coming out March 27th, available at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Coming with that patch, alongside the huge sandbox updates we've talked about like for the last month, a little bit of quitter penalties being put into the game for the competitive side of things, where they're going to be issuing temporary restrictions, so a 30-minute cooldown before you can get back into a match if you are a habitual quitter. Problem that's been going on with competitive since the very early days. A lot of folks, if they don't think victory is on the table, just bounce early. Uh, and they're also trying to work into this patch, something that was slated for later. Repeat reduction for both strikes and the Crucible playlist to keep you from continuing to do those same maps over and over again. I'm excited to actually see if that works because, man, so many strikes just back to back to back to back. <laughs> and after like the third time, you're like, nope, I'm done. Then with this playlist. Yeah, it was the Exodus crash <laughs> three times in a row is just the worst, right? Yeah. Um, they're also doing that repeat reduction as well for exotic engrams, uh, not specifically for like milestone rewards, but specifically for engrams. If you're hoarding those and you do them back to back, you will get a reduced rate of uh, repeats there. I see. And there's a couple of other things coming too, right? Yeah. So they're introducing the nightfall rewards uh, for for the, the strike specific loot, I should say. Um, and those are going to, you know, they're going to drop when you complete a nightfall activity on on any difficulty and they'll be able to you'll be able to increase your chances of getting those uh, specific rewards uh, for challenge card modifiers set at uh, certain certain uh, tiers there also they're increasing the power handicap from or from 40 to 45 for the nightfall challenge card as well yeah really side dishes compared to the main course which is the actual sandbox changes that we'll be experiencing yes. this week I'm going to dive in for some games. I hope it goes well. There's obviously more pressure than normal on this patch based upon like the state of the community and where the game sits in terms of content creation. You've got a lot of content creators sort of doing other things at this time. So maybe we'll see a little bump for this week on Twitch. But uh, mm -hmm. I'm interested to at least try out what it feels like. I know lots more power ammo going around. They posted a job <laughs> yes. listing stealthily, I think, Friday night, right? It was pretty late. Yeah, it was it was later in the week than, mm -hmm. than you would expect a job posting. And I think honestly, I think that's actually how they typically post their jobs. It's so they can get some 
some applicants over the weekend and then Monday morning they they start out. But this was for a uh, a contract gameplay specialist. Ah, what are they looking for, Diddy? Uh, basically, <laughs> if you look at the the job listing there, uh, some of those required skills or responsibilities would be to uh, participate in long term end game PvP or not PvP, excuse me, Destiny Two play. I don't know why I said PvP there, uh, but of course that would be included, um, as well as um, substantial experience playing Destiny Two. If you never touched the game. Probably not a, a good chance of you getting hired there. <laughs> yep. So uh, I'll read here from the listing. Gameplay specialists at Bungie should constantly be thinking about the user experience through weekly reset routines after reaching endgame and should leverage their experience and expertise to offer insights and feedback. This will require a strong desire and excitement to play through Destiny 2's endgame with a small team of skilled players to gain an in-depth feel for the underlying systems in play. And essentially, it's a three-month uh, estimated duration of a three-month contract. So very short little time frame here. And if I had to guess, they're probably looking for an endgame fire team to double-check what weeklies look like at endgame for the Taken Queen. That would be my two cents. And I also think with this three-month contract duration, Taken Queen will be a November release with uh, you know Black Ops 4 coming in October. Yeah, I think that timeline fits really well, especially if there's a standard... A uh, month to two month, you know, applicant and interview and hiring process for those types of jobs. Add three months on top of that end date. You hit Q3 in the fall or Q4 right there. That's 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 pretty good timing for Taken Queen. Yep, I'd agree there. Okay, so I think this is a position that would be absolutely perfect for some folks, kind of like maybe a Dotto or a Patrick Casey. You thought of some people too, right? Yeah, I immediately thought of SC Slayerage from the Legend Himself clan. He did that extremely detailed uh, post about Destiny and it, Destiny Two and its gameplay that was gilded like twenty eight times. It was ridiculous. It was very well thought out, and I thought that's the kind of thing that he would present to management if he was this contract's gameplay specialist. So, yep, that's who I thought of. Yep. that kind of player. Uh, they'd be NDA'd very strictly, non-disclosure yes. agreements. And <laughs> yes. so I, I doubt that this is something you're going to see content creators jumping on because they pretty much have to abandon, I imagine, streaming in YouTube for the three months that the contract duration is going on. Or maybe not. Maybe it's very light amount of hours. I have to be honest, though. This almost feels like something they could push out as an unpaid position. I mean, honestly, here's our private test server and we're going to be pulling in 90 people to experience Endgame and give us feedback through this forum. I I don't necessarily understand why it would be in-house unless they really desire that kind of expertise. We'll see if anything comes of it, but it's just something to talk about this week. And I don't know. Your thoughts? Right. I think, I think you're right. Since it would be under heavy NDA, I think maybe content creators might not uh, be jumping at this right away. But I think I think it would just be one or two people to do this specific job because they're just looking for specific insight uh, so to people who have, as they say in the job listing, who have mastered a Destiny 2 endgame. They're looking for those weekly rituals to come back. What made Destiny 1 so great? How can Destiny 2 do better or implement that into the endgame activities? Yep. All right. That's it for Destiny News this week. Moving on to some Monster Hunter stuff. Diddy, the Devil Joe update Woo! came out. 
It's fun. The fight, the tempered version is pretty dang tough. And there's a lot of cool new weapons and armor to go after. It was a nice little shot in the arm to get me playing some more Monster Hunter after, you know, the initial 150 hours. Then took a break. Now back on a little bit here. But statistically, did you know that Monster Hunter World is currently 2018's best-selling game? The numbers came in. And for February, it is the top-selling game on PS4 and Xbox One again after the January uh, numbers right there. So this is... Not only is this Capcom's, like, fastest-selling title and now best-selling title, I think, up in the, the 7 millions or whatever, they're crushing the charts already for a second month in a row. Mark my words, the PC launch this fall is just going to push the success even further. And, man, I'm, I cannot wait to play this game with you, Diddy. Like, I'm glad you're waiting for the PC, but I can't wait to experience some of these hunts with, you know, the PC group of buddies. Anytime you stream Monster Hunter, I just, especially this last week with the new update, it was just, man, this looks like a fun co-op game to play. And so I'm just, I'm really excited for the PC release later this year, and I just, I can't wait to jump in. I'm curious to see how they're going to handle an Ultimate Edition. So previously with old Monster Hunters, you've got the base version that releases, and then a year later, they come out with the Ultimate version, which adds a new level of difficulty called G-Rank, new monsters, new weapons, all that stuff. And are they going to do that with Monster Hunter World next January? Are we going to see like Monster Hunter World Ultimate? I think expansions would probably make more sense because what happened, Diddy, like with the handhelds, let's say I had Monster Hunter 4 and then I buy 4 Ultimate. I think, I don't remember if your save would transfer over or not, but essentially you're kind of rebuying a lot of the same game again instead of spending like 20 or 30 bucks for the expansion or the ultimate portion right. of it you know yeah it's almost like a game of the year edition where they put yeah. in all the release dlc into one box and you buy that one box and you have all the content kind of like what i did with borderlands <laughs> yeah i just bought the base game with all of its dlc um and so i expect to see something like um what like you said they just keep adding on adjectives right like I think Super Street Fighter 4 Ultimate Edition with... <laughs> it's a Capcom thing. Whatever. And it's, it's just... Whenever I saw that, I used to work at GameStop back in high school. And yeah. whenever I saw those kinds of games, I was just like, that's just a ridiculous name. And when people came in, they was like, hey, you have that new Street Fighter? I would say, oh, you mean the new Super Street Fighter 4, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, <laughs> I would talk for 10 seconds straight just naming the game. It was pretty funny. I like, I like that style. It's definitely, it's probably, it's definitely like a Japanese thing, right? Just don't yeah, add the a Wii number and then the, the Wii U. And you want to explain to anybody who's not like remotely connected to any part of like games media, the difference between the Wii U and the Wii. I mean, what a horrible naming con convention there. So the Wii U is newer. It is crazy, that, yep. dude. Like how hard <laughs> the Switch's numbers are smashing Wii U and you can, see the evidence of it because they're porting every wii u like classic game right onto the switch boom i know yeah. you guys want to switch sometime this year i think yes. diddy's taking a deep dive to play breath of the wild and all that stuff so yes my embarrassingly admittance of that would be my first legend of zelda game that, you know that would be pretty great that would be a great first legend of zelda like it's very different from the traditional zeldas but it's also got enough throwback that i think you could you, yeah you could honorably still be a, a zelda fan if you just played <laughs> breath of the wild i think i mean if anything it would make me want to go back and play the other ones right because i i i think i would really enjoy that game and my only experience with that game right now or that series is watching 
Ocarina of Time yep. speedruns yep. in nine minutes or whatever it is now. It's like, that's it. That's all I know about the series. So I'm really excited to jump in. Ocarina of Time is up there on top three favorite games ever for myself. So it's definitely, it, it hasn't aged super gracefully. So I can't like recommend wholehearted. Did he go play it? Because that <laughs> might not work. But speaking of co-op games, Sea of Thieves released this last week. And I know there are a lot of big Destiny streamers who are very much looking forward to this game. I enjoyed watching a lot of beta streams of it. And I didn't buy the game, Diddy. I didn't buy it. I wanted to wait. And lo and behold, I, I found out that Xbox Games Pass, which if you guys don't know, it's a $10 a month subscription service. You can play a boatload of 360 games and quite a few, not like a ton, but a handful of good Xbox One games for free. It's like a Netflix for games for Xbox One and also any Play Anywhere games can play on the PC. Well, they're doing, Diddy, a 14-day free trial of Games Pass alongside the launch Ooh. of Sea of Thieves. And Sea of Thieves, I believe, is the first title to launch simultaneously at full price if you want to own it, but also on Games Pass at the same time. Did that all, all that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you can essentially try Sea of Thieves full game for free for 14 days. After that 14 days, $10 a month. And that is how I experienced Sea of Thieves this last week. Well, it has a five, I think a 55 on Metacritic right now as of the time of recording this. And I understand why. That's the user score. I think the critic score is a little bit higher, like 65 or 70, depending on IGN has not released their review yet. No early review copies went out, similar to a game like Destiny or, you know, these live server games. Everybody's trying it at the exact same time. What I will say on the positive, sailing the seas has never been more fun or pretty. The water is gorgeous, and sailing water the boat with crazy. a crewmate, so cool. What were you saying? Sorry, I cut you off. Uh, no, I was just saying the water looks crazy. I yeah. mean, I've seen gameplay of it. Oh my goodness, that is beautiful. Looks it better is. than the game models, because it is. <laughs> Dude, it is beautiful. But it, it feels incredibly unfinished. To me, it feels like you have seven hours of game in here. And if you want to keep doing it with your friends afterwards, great. But no real upgrades for your ship. No real RPG stuff to make your character bigger, faster, stronger, better. Everything is just sort of cosmetic, like different outfits and different paints on your ship. And the whole game is just fetch and kill quests. It's, it's literally... Sail to island, get chest, sail back. And it bums me out so much because I had incredibly high hopes for this game when they showed the trailer. You remember last year when they were showing the trailers, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I thought, oh my God, free roam pirate game. Let's do it. Yeah, I thought the same thing too. Like, this is going to be exactly what we do on non-raid nights. Like, we're going to bust out Sea of Thieves with the crew. We're going to get on the boat. <laughs> Man, it is the embodiment of, like, games as a service to me where... You launch it bare bones and you fill it with stuff over time. And I like Rare as a studio. I've loved some of the old Rare games growing up. But when they're coming out the day after the release of the game and issuing statements regarding the concerns of lack of content, saying, hey, we've got this big roadmap of all sorts of events and updates planned, just stick with us. I, I think in a week you're going to start seeing, what, what did you say the series was on YouTube, did he? Um, I forget the name of the channel, but it it's the that game series where 
game. What didn't die? It was murdered. Dun dun dun. Those are great videos, by the way. It's you should go check it out. I wish I had the name of the content creator. This is becoming more normal, man. Moving forward, and not we're not just saying this is salty Destiny players. It seems like. So many games are launching very bare bones with the idea of slowly adding back into it over time. And I'm not saying that Sea of Thieves isn't a great game because some people who bought it, if you love that little gameplay loop, sailing, getting stuff and coming back, then great, great game for you. Didn't resonate with me. But man, this trend is kind of worrisome and, and resonates a lot with the investor earnings calls that we've talked about here on the show, Diddy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and just side note, by the way, that YouTuber is Clean Prince Gaming, so uh-huh. shout out. Go check him out. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, this as a service terminology is, I want to say it's newer in the video game world, but not in like the business world. You have software as a service, infrastructure as a service, all these kind of cloud-hosted things where another company handles it, and you just pay them a monthly fee to use that product. No different here, but... You know, you kind of want to feel like you get a month's worth of content for that monthly fee. And yeah. if CFDs is losing content or it's losing attention after a day with the developer releasing statements, well, at least the developers releasing a statement and communicating kind of tells me that they anticipated that, which is not a good sign. But yeah, it's it's like, okay, well, let's make it worth my subscription of, of that monthly fee. You know, I mean, World of Warcraft, right? Monthly fee. That's basically a games as a service. Yes. And but player drops it, off. If the patches suck, people unsub. Yeah. It's a very clear metric for Blizzard. I mean, every time you unsub, there's a, a survey about why you're leaving the game. Because they care. They want your money. <laughs> they want to yep. see you engaging with it regularly. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got to engage your players if you want them to keep paying. And if they don't, well, they're not going to pay. And then you lose that, that money. Well, the simultaneous launch also maybe is a like a hint, right? That these guys probably knew what they were publishing at the time, like the game that they were putting out and saying, hey, this is a perfect subscription game to get people into our Games Pass service. But maybe not a, a great $60 game, own forever kind of title. At least you only, I mean, you didn't pay anything. You did no. it with the 14-day trial with Games Pass. Yeah. At least, I mean. And it would be worth to pay 10 bucks for. Yeah. 60 bucks maybe not at this point but later on down the line if you get some nice gameplay out of it because of content that they've added with that that monthly update i think that would eventually become a really great game yeah no i like i've liked the game pass service before i've did a video on it there's actually quite like if you have like 360 games there's a ton of good 360 games on it but for xbox one as it gets a little bit bigger and bigger it's not a bad option especially like if you had kids diddy let's say this is 10 years down the road, you and Sanic are sitting on the porch and you got your little ones <laughs> and you had three kids and you didn't want to buy them a ton of games, yet you wanted them to have access to a ton. This is a great idea. Now, that idea of games as a service, software as a service, all of it, the consumer probably ends up spending more in the long run in that model, like Premiere and all the like video editing stuff. We used to just purchase the Final Cut Pro Studio back in the day, and it was super expensive for all the stuff. I mean, you'd spend 1500 bucks or something. Boom. Yeah, for a program, but you owned it, and that was it. But now everything is, you know, most people are on the Creative Cloud subscription Adobe, service, yeah. 50 mm-hmm. bucks a month for all the stuff. And over the years, if you start adding it up, 
I am definitely paying more, or employers are definitely <laughs> paying more for that kind of thing. But you're getting the the constant updates. You're getting the tweaks. So there's kind of a trade-off. And this is why you don't pay the minimum payment on your credit cards because you <laughs> just you're just paying interest and it you're not actually paying it off. Anyways, that's life lessons. With the Games Pass <laughs> service, you get access to all those games for the only ten dollars a month. Yeah, you can just it's pick it up out of the library. library. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I think that's a great idea. I Games. like you said, it's it's the Netflix of gaming. I mean, it's like Blockbuster, right? You know. Mm-hmm. And if you're on PC which is where I played the game, you don't have to have Xbox Live Gold. So I do want to, I don't, don't want to talk down okay. Microsoft here because doing right they're now. doing some cool things. Phil Spencer, <laughs> the whole Play Anywhere program, that's cool. And telling my buddy Captain Falcon, like, yeah, let's just play this game. You don't have to spend a dollar. He's like, I don't have gold. And I'm like, you don't need gold to play that's on awesome. the PC. It's like pretty But does cool. it have to be, does it have to be a Play Anywhere game to play on the PC? Yes, it does. Okay. It does. All right. So I can't like go play, uh, I was about to say Gears of War 4, but that's a bad example because it has play anywhere. You can't like play a, Bayonetta, the 360 version, on yeah. the window through the Windows Store, right? You're going to have to go Darn. get the Steam version, which you should do anyway of Bayonetta, to play it on your <laughs> PC. So, anyway, that's my Sea of Thieves. Not really rant, but just sort of lament because I wanted it to be a lot more. And maybe, let's say Rare puts out six months of awesome stuff, I'll resub to Games Pass in a heartbeat to play some more once it's better, bigger, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, the trend continues, it seems, of sort of hollow game that will be stuffed with filling later. Well, they've got Darksiders 1, the War Mastered Edition on there. They keep Let's adding some that. good stuff, dude. That's a wow. great series. I love the Darksiders series. Just hack and slash. It's super fun. I'm you and Epos would get along those. there. Yes. All right, that is going to do it for DTS 194. Diddy, where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash Diddy DTS, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. Go to our website, DestinyTheShow.com, for all the links that we talked about today and more. You can follow us on Twitter at DestinyTheShow. You can follow me on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter at Dragoon. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk with you next time. Mm-hmm.